Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Wednesday, December 6th, th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Riverside is soaking up the sun today with a balmy high of 75.5 degrees and a gentle dip to 58.9 as the low, setting the stage for a day that's bright outside but also brimming with impactful news. In today's lineup, we're tracking the distressing developments from the Pacific Northwest, where communities are grappling with a severe weather event that has unleashed widespread flooding and ensuing chaos. We'll bring you a detailed account of the current situation and the emergency responses underway. Tapping into a safety debate that touches all of us, we're examining new reports that unveil the dual nature of traffic safety cameras, these technological sentinels that stand guard on our roads. We weigh the benefits they bring against the challenges they present in our pursuit of better road safety and responsible speed management. Moving on to a frontier of science that's nothing short of revolutionary, we delve into the latest advances in neuroscience research. Brain stimulation is shining a ray of hope for traumatic brain injuries. What does this mean for those affected? We'll also explore how researchers are pioneering remarkable marking technology that's set to transform brain-computer interfaces and broaden horizons in medical applications. That's a glimpse of today's stories. Stay with us as we break down the details and present you with the news that matters. We turn now to our top story this morning. The Pacific Northwest is reeling from a severe weather event, known as an atmospheric river. It's brought heavy rain, flooding, and has even turned the region into a confusingly warm, wet December. From closures of rail links and schools to extensive rescue operations, this event is affecting thousands. For more on this, we're joined by our reporter, Ethan. Ethan, can you walk us through the current situation? Absolutely, Grace. Right now, the Pacific Northwest, which is more accustomed to pluvial patterns, is witnessing something quite extraordinary. An atmospheric river, think of it as a massive, elevated river in the sky, has made landfall and is dumping an enormous amount of rain on the region. This isn't just a little bit of extra rain, we're talking about substantial downpours breaking rainfall records across Washington state, according to the Associated Press. That sounds intense. Breaking records, you said? Can you give us more detail on that? Sure thing. Take the town of Forks, for example. It's on the Olympic Peninsula and is known for being one of the wettest places in the contiguous United States. It's received more than double its normal rainfall for December 4th. Other cities like Hoquiam and Seattle also set new daily rainfall records. It's not just wet out there, it's warm too. Temperatures are drawing comparisons to those usually found in Florida or Mexico. With such conditions, there must be significant implications for the residents. Definitely. Roads are flooded, rail links are cut off, and schools have closed in response to the deluges. The U.S. Coast Guard has been busy with rescue operations, including the successful rescue of five people in southwest Washington. Amtrak isn't taking any chances either. They've suspended passenger train services between Seattle and Portland until at least Thursday due to a landslide risk, as informed by Scripps Newswatch. And it's not over. The National Weather Service predicts river levels will continue to rise into Wednesday morning. Ethan, let's talk more about the term, atmospheric river. Could you explain what that entails and its usual impacts? Gladly. An atmospheric river is essentially a colossal ribbon of moisture up in the atmosphere. They often transport tropical moisture from near the equator up towards the poles. When these bands of water vapor make landfall, 
they release that moisture as precipitation. In the Pacific Northwest, which you mentioned, they're sometimes called pineapple express systems. And while they can be beneficial, replenishing water supplies and easing drought conditions, they also pose significant risks, flooding, landslides, you name it. Do these weather events have broader implications, perhaps in relation to climate change? They most certainly do. The frequency and severity of these events are thought to be increasing due to climate change. This underscores the urgent need for resilient water infrastructure and proactive efforts to mitigate greenhouse gas emissions. After all, while atmospheric rivers can be beneficial, the risks and damages they can inflict are becoming all too apparent. It's a lot to think about, with personal safety and larger environmental concerns both at play. Ethan, thank you for providing us with such a comprehensive look at this complex weather event affecting the Pacific Northwest. It's been my pleasure, Grace. Stay safe out there. And for those in the impacted areas, heed all warnings and stay informed as this situation evolves. Moving on to story number two. Today's focus falls on a pressing issue that concerns every one of us on the road. A recently released report from the Governor's Highway Safety Association, also known as GHSA, sheds light on the role of traffic safety cameras in enhancing road safety. For an in-depth look at what this means for drivers and pedestrians alike, we're joined by our reporter Chloe. Chloe, can you give us a rundown of what the report covers? Absolutely, Grace. The GHSA's report, titled, Automated Enforcement in a New Era, points out that traffic safety camera programs are not just about issuing tickets, they're about changing driver behavior for the better. Recent developments have seen California adopt new laws for speed safety cameras, and Richmond has deployed them in school zones. Even St. Louis and Pennsylvania are now mulling over the use of these cameras. It sounds like there's a significant push towards automation and traffic enforcement. Can you delve into some of the key recommendations from this report? Of course, the report suggests a series of best practices for these automated systems. For instance, they advise that revenue from safety cameras should fund program costs and other traffic safety initiatives. They also stress the importance of selecting camera sites based on solid crash and injury data, engaging with the community throughout the planning stages, ensuring program transparency, and creating agreements with neighboring states to handle out-of-state violators. Transparency and community involvement seem critical here. How about potential challenges to implementing these programs? Challenges are part and parcel of any significant change, Grace. One could be the potential public perception of traffic cameras as revenue generators rather than safety tools. There's also the technical side of things, setting up an effective system that covers the right areas without becoming invasive. And let's not forget the need for updated laws and consistent enforcement to back up any changes. Speaking of a comprehensive approach, the World Health Organization and its partners have also stepped up efforts with a revised manual on speed management. What should we know about this, Chloe? That's right, Grace. The WHO's updated speed management manual is a global call to action. It presents new case studies and guidelines on setting speed limits, altering road designs to control speeds, and using in-vehicle technology. Notably, it targets low- and middle-income countries where a staggering 90% of road traffic deaths happen, urging the adoption of a safe system approach. This safe system approach, it's mentioned quite frequently. Can you break down what it entails? Certainly, Grace. It's a comprehensive strategy focusing on protecting people over vehicles. Essentially, it promotes shared responsibilities across different stakeholders and aims to mitigate crash consequences through measures like better road design, 
safer vehicles, enforcing safe speeds, and effective post-crash responses. That sounds promising and challenging. What kinds of barriers might governments and organizations face in rolling out such an approach? Barriers range from policy and funding issues to the need for cultural shifts, grace. Not just that, but also the enormous task of coordinating management, ensuring consistent interpretations and implementations across various jurisdictions, and overcoming legislation and enforcement obstacles. It's complex, and it's going to take a concerted effort from all sides to see real change. And real change is crucial given the urgency for safer roads. What's the takeaway from all this? Where do these reports leave us? They leave us with a clear message technology is ready to help us make roads safer, but successful implementation requires a holistic strategy with education, enforcement, community engagement, and advancements in vehicle technology. In essence, it's a clarion call for all road users and policymakers to work together for a safer future. That's a powerful reminder of the shared responsibility we all have. Thank you, Chloe, for bringing attention to this vital issue and the efforts at play to tackle it. It's been my pleasure, Grace. Stay safe, everyone. Good morning. Here are some other headlines we have for you today. When is St. Nicholas Day? And how did this Christian saint inspire the Santa Claus legend? This headline delves into the rich tapestry of the holiday season, revealing the fascinating journey of St. Nicholas from a historical Christian figure to the jolly Santa Claus we all know and celebrate during the festive season. Trump declines to rule out abusing power to seek retribution if he returns to the White House. A provocative declaration from the former president. This headline signals potential controversy over the use of presidential power and raises eyebrows about what his political comeback might entail. From Barbie's unexpected wisdom to dissent among Kennedys. These are the top quotes of 2023. In this headline, we glimpse the powerful words that have resonated throughout the year reflecting a year of unique perspectives and influential voices in the public dialogue. How to watch the fourth Republican presidential debate and what to look for. This guide caters to the politically engaged, providing a roadmap for navigating the important talking points and candidate performances in the upcoming Republican presidential debate. These men once relied on the RLC. Today, the dry land is a reminder of lost livelihoods. An evocative look at the real human cost of ecological disaster. This headline captures the poignant stories of those whose lives have been irrevocably changed by the disappearance of one of the world's largest lakes. And in other news, here are the 25 most viewed articles on Wikipedia in 2023. This story offers an inspiring look at the topics that have piqued global curiosity this year. From pop culture phenomena to scientific breakthroughs, these most viewed articles highlight our collective quest for knowledge and our diverse interests, providing a positive note in today's discourse. That's all for today's rundown of other headlines. Stay tuned for more updates throughout the day. Moving on to our third story of the day, we're delving into the realms of neuroscience and how cutting-edge technology is offering new hope to patients with traumatic brain injuries. I have with me Ethan who's been closely following the latest advancements in this field. Ethan, can you tell us what researchers have discovered? Certainly, Grace. Researchers have been making remarkable strides in understanding and treating traumatic brain injuries or TBI. A clinical trial, reported by Live Science, has shown that electrical stimulation of the brain could be a breakthrough treatment. This involves electrically stimulating a part of the brain called the thalamus, 
which is crucial for learning and memory. That sounds intriguing, Ethan. How exactly does this stimulation help patients with TBI? Well, the trial included five patients suffering from long-lasting impairments due to TBI. They found that by implanting electrodes and providing targeted stimulation, patients' information processing speeds improved significantly. Some saw an increase by as much as 52% from their baseline levels before the surgery. Those are certainly impressive numbers, but what could this mean for the future of TBI treatment? The implications are potentially vast, Grace. For one, these findings offer a strong signal that this method could address the current treatment gap for moderate to severe TBI. This could mean better quality of life and more independence for patients. However, researchers are cautious and note that future trials are necessary to determine if these improvements in processing speed translate to real-world functional gains. And are there any concerns or peculiarities that the researchers have pointed out in this study? The researchers designed the trial to primarily address safety concerns while also providing preliminary evidence of effectiveness. Because TBI can vary greatly in severity and location of brain injury, the next step is to determine how broadly applicable this treatment might be. Apart from this treatment for TBI, I understand there's been another breakthrough in neuroscience research. Can you expand on that? Yes. Over at Toyohashi University of Technology, researchers mentioned in Medical Express have developed a fascinating technology. They can create marks in the brain, indicating where activity has been recorded. This is achieved using tungsten electrodes and is a leap forward in high-resolution brain mapping. It's non-damaging and allows us to visualize the distribution of specific neurons in the brain. That sure sounds like a game-changer. How might this technology be applied? The range of applications is truly expansive. For starters, it's crucial for brain activity simulation and understanding complex neural pathways. But one of the most promising applications is in brain-computer interfaces. The Toyohashi researchers have even developed a system that recognizes numbers from brainwaves with 90% accuracy. Recognizing numbers from brainwaves. That's quite something. Can you give us more details on how that works? Absolutely. Their system picks up on brain activity that corresponds to uttered numbers between 0 and 9. It's sophisticated enough to achieve a high performance with a minimal dataset. This aspect of brain-computer interfaces has the potential to vastly improve the quality of life for individuals with mobility challenges, allowing them to control various devices like wheelchairs and even drones, just by thought. What an incredible use of technology. Are there any other potential benefits worth mentioning? Yes, there are. The researchers have also contributed to the field of optogenetics. They've developed a flexible micro-LED array for this purpose. Optogenetics is where light is used to control neurons that have been genetically modified. It opens doors to exploring brain activity and could lead to new treatments for neurological disorders. With advancements like these, it's an exciting time for neuroscience research. Thank you, Ethan, for that detailed analysis and for shedding light on these scientific breakthroughs always a pleasure, Grace. These developments could one day revolutionize how we treat a range of neurological conditions. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.